The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. But when I think about this virus, it's completely different. But we must now in the black community educate ourselves better because we thought and a lot of people were saying and these are black people saying that you know blacks couldn't uh, get this virus through coronavirus and they were absolutely wrong um, too much mis- misinformation going out into our community and if we look at the numbers african americans are leading in terms of dying from the coronavirus also those who are in the hospital most of them are african americans so we got to do a better job as African Americans to uh, social distancing, stay at home, make sure you know we educate our loved ones and our family members about this virus, and do what we're supposed to do to keep safe and healthy. And then when you add add that up to, you know, we don't have access to health care and uh, quality health care, and then you know so much of us, so many of us are uninsured. So that also creates a problem. Too, just like it did with HIV and AIDS and the same thing with the coronavirus. Welcome to another edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Good Friday. For those of you who observe Good Friday, a happy Good Friday to you. As happy as it can be under these circumstances, of course, it is not A very good Friday or happy good Friday for many people around the world with the coronavirus continuing to upend everyday life. And that is a huge challenge. So I am mindful of that as we are now into Friday, April the 10th, 2020. What you just heard to start off with was Magic Johnson, who, as you know, is living with the HIV virus. And he was invited on to the CNN program, Coronavirus Facts and Fears which is a program that Anderson Cooper and Dr. Sanjay Gupta host every Thursday. At least they have the last few Thursdays. I've watched the last two of them, including last night's program. And that was where you heard the voice just now of Magic Johnson from. And I was profoundly dismayed with the program last night for the most part. I don't think it did as well as it could have done. And I think really that was down to the guests that CNN booked. For the most part, they were not very good. 
I think only the two uh, doctors that were on there, the two female doctors, not the male doctor, Dr. Robert Redfield, I thought he was disastrous from the CDC. You know, he's the leader of the CDC, but that's a whole other story for another time. But I thought that Dr. Celine Gounder and Dr. Maria from the WHO, the World Health Organization in Geneva, I thought they were the only two people last night who really talked about this virus and educated people about what they should be doing. But I wanted to turn to the real focus of this episode, which is about the coronavirus and the black community. And this idea about the coronavirus, oh, it affects everybody. Well, my position is, is that the coronavirus does discriminate. COVID-19 does discriminate. And it may affect everybody or infect everybody, but it doesn't affect everybody the same. We've seen the rates of infection and the rates of death in the black community be three or four or five or even six times higher relative to population of the black community in cities and towns all over the United States of America. And I played that portion of the CNN Global Town Hall there last night, Coronavirus Facts and Fears, because one of the spokesmen or spokespersons who has a virus really did not sufficiently tell millions of viewers last night what the real issue is. He skirted around it. The real reason that this virus is killing African-Americans or black people at large in much higher numbers than in white communities is quite simple, front and center. It is institutionalized structural racism and racial discrimination and white dominance and the choices to have black people in certain positions and not in others. You have black people who are caregivers, caretakers, grocery store workers, bus drivers, train drivers, cab drivers. These are all service-oriented jobs. More black people are in those kinds of jobs, sanitation, than they are than they are in a lot of the boardrooms in this country. Than they are doctors in this country. Than they are lawyers in this country. And of course there are black people in those professions. Don't get me wrong. There are many black economists, many black lawyers, many black doctors. Don't get me wrong. I am hoping to be able to talk to a black doctor or two within the next few days or weeks. We'll see if that if I can get that to happen. But the issue here is 
quite clear. The racism and the structural racism in this country, the institutional racism in this country, which spreads into the medical profession, which spreads into hospitals, which tells you that if you're black, your health outcomes are going to be six times worse than the average white person's. These are the issues that need to be discussed, need to be talked about. And I just think that, and I'm going to get into this, but I just think that Magic Johnson last night was not the right person to be speaking on these issues. I just really, I was on Twitter last night, quite frankly, um, at the popcorn R-E-E-L. And I was just not happy with what I was hearing from Magic Johnson. And in that clip, it sounded very much to me as if he was blaming the black community. Uh, how are you going to do that? And what disappointed me about, and I'm going to play some more of this in a few moments, but what disappointed me about all of that last night was Magic Johnson. And I know he's wealthy. So, you know, he didn't grow up that way. He grew up in a, in a neighborhood in Michigan that was not wealthy and rich. He didn't have that around him. And it seemed to me that he forgot that there are black people out there who are poor. And he didn't talk about that. In fact, none of them really addressed that. Anderson Cooper and Sanjay Gupta tried to steer him. And as you just heard, he did acknowledge these issues about health access and no health care. But none of them said why. I mean, Anderson Cooper was trying to really steer Magic Johnson to saying it is about structural racism. And it is about institutionalized racism, racism in healthcare, racism in the medical profession, racism in hospitals where doctors do not give black people the same kind of treatment that white people receive. They do not give black people the same kind of medical advice that they give white people. They think that black people are these superhuman beings. It's a very racist way of approaching Black people who are afflicted with some kind of virus or illness or disease. And they treat them like lab rats and lab mice. Serena Williams famously or infamously told a story. Well, not infamously that she's telling it, but this is a very clear, famous story. How she had to beg doctors to treat her, to look at her, to examine her. When she had that whole issue going on, I believe it was a pulmonary embolism that was happening after her, I think either during her childbirth or after she gave birth or just a few years before that. And I, I don't remember the dates, but this was a story Serena Williams had to actually get out of bed and beg, literally beg and plead with doctors and make them do these tests and make them do these things that she was demanding. And that saved her life essentially. She's talked about this. And if Serena Williams, who is the, in my view, the greatest tennis player ever, if, if Serena Williams, for goodness sakes, had to beg and plead to do that, 
What do you think the average black person who isn't a multimillionaire like Serena Williams is? What do you think that average black person has to go through? How many of those black people, the everyday black person that isn't as prominent or as successful as Magic Johnson or Serena Williams, how do you think the outcome is for them? Do you think that doctors would pay attention to them? I mean, Serena Williams had to beg and beg for her life. And there's a good chance that she may not have been here right now had it not been for her tenacity and her pleading with these doctors. It's just incredible. It's really unbelievable to me. And you've got to listen to this. I'm going to just play you the next part of this with Magic Johnson, Sanjay Gupta, and Anderson Cooper. This is from last night. It's the CNN Global Town Hall. It is something that just really ticks me off to no end, as um, I think people on Twitter who follow me know. Um, just listen to this. This is directly after what I've just played. Listen to this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's also for, you know, African people of color are treated differently often, too often in hospitals in terms of even being given pain medication in, in some cases uh, than, than other people. I mean, there are longstanding inequalities and disparities in treatment, access to treatment, access to testing. Um, That's and it. and th th those have existed for a long time. And that also has ripple effects in the current pandemic. Well, when you think about, first of all, African-Americans, we deal with a lot of health issues already. So you, we talked about HIV and AIDS, but obesity, when you think about diabetes, high blood pressure. So all these things we already deal with. And then you add coronavirus on top of that. Uh, that's a tough situation for most African-Americans and minorities, period. And then the lack of access to health care. That's just a, a, a unbeatable combination. And so we must get better. Hopefully uh, there'll be affordable health care for all people, not just minorities, but for everybody. And if they, the prices can come down, then I think you're going to see uh, African-Americans be a lot healthier. Yeah, you know the <sighs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> I tweeted Magic Johnson and um, quite frankly gave him a piece of my mind in the most respectful way I possibly could. Right after, I'm sure he checked his Twitter feed or whenever he did, he must have seen what I wrote. I don't know if he has blocked me yet or not. But what I do know is that while Magic Johnson is very good uh, as a spokesperson for HIV and living with it, he's been tremendously inspirational and has been a real leader in that fight and in awareness and in raising awareness. What I know is, is that he is not the best spokesperson for either COVID-19 or dealing with the real world structural racism 
that black people all over this planet face and encounter and experience every single day of their lives. What Magic Johnson does there and has done in those two segments I've played you, and you heard Sanjay Gupta's voice there at the end, and I'm going to play another piece of that in a moment. What Magic, what Magic Johnson is doing there is, again, is blaming black people for this. Well, black people need to be more aware. Black people need to have social distancing. I mean, when you are living in Cabrini Green, when you are living in East St. Louis, Illinois, when you are living in Detroit, Michigan, Magic, your home state, when you are living in Flint, Michigan, Magic, where there's a water crisis, where your governor, Governor Whitmer, who's getting all this praise right now, was doing all kinds of things with water, wouldn't turn the water on, wouldn't do this, wouldn't do that. And all of a sudden now you've got people exalting her. We love saviors in this country, here in America. We love saviors. We love this idea of this one person. It was Cuomo a few weeks ago and still is to a degree. We're toasting him. I got into this too. I got seduced into this, calling him President Cuomo. And President Cuomo so-called, had cut back the number of hospital beds throughout New York State within the last year or two. Within the last few years he's been doing this, had cut back on Medicaid spending that affects poor black people, among others. So really we're exalting people that we really have no right to exalt. What we need to do is educate people properly. And what we need to do is not bash people and say that the onus is on them to be better without taking on the racist structure (laughs) that is imperiling those very same people that you are blaming or attacking. And I just thought that it was a very disappointing show from Magic Johnson, for lack of a better word. Showtime was not on show last night at the CNN Global Town Hall. Unfortunately, it was the blame game. It was you black people over here need to practice social distancing. Well, if you're living, like I was saying, if you're living in Cabrini Green, if you're living in Detroit, Michigan, in Flint, Michigan, where the drinking water is still, still poisoned, that has not changed. Still got lead in that water. And you're living in these places and you've got seven people living in a small structure. If you're in parts of London, if you're in parts of Manchester, if you're in parts of Liverpool, if you're in parts of Birmingham, in the UK, in England, and you are living in one of these small flats or apartments, and there's five of you in one apartment, and one of you gets COVID-19, How on earth are you supposed to practice isolation? How on earth are you supposed to self-distance and self-quarantine? How are you supposed to have social distancing? And that speaks not to black people having to be more aware. It speaks to the very clear and profound structural racism and inequity 
that a institutionally racist system brings. It speaks to the oppression of black people, Latinx, Native Americans. That's what it speaks to. And I just thought that Magic Johnson really did not only himself a disservice, but the audience watching probably two or three million people last night did them a disservice as well. Magic wasn't exactly magical last night. Welcome back. I just wanted to finish up on this uh, appearance by Magic Johnson and then get into, I think, a bit more, a little deeper in to really the, the truth that COVID-19 does discriminate. COVID-19 really does discriminate. And one of the things that it is that is very clear to me is quite simple. That one of the other reasons why black people in general are so much more susceptible and are dying in numbers three, four, five, six times their population across the country and states all over the country is because of health care that they do not have is because that people like Donald Trump are cutting Medicaid in their budgets. People like Andrew Cuomo, who's been anointed as this president of the country, has been cutting Medicaid for years in New York State. One of the reasons why you're seeing these outcomes is because black people do not have the health insurance that will be adequate enough to protect them. Many black people cannot afford the deductibles to get the proper health care protection that they and their families need. And the structural racism is the big reason for that. The enslavement of black people in this country for 400 plus years is a big reason for that. You know, the, the enslavement and the institutionalized racism and the Jim Crow. And the, and, and the segregation from the resources that white people accessed readily and that black people did not and we're not allowed to access because of the racist laws and discrimination in this country, the voter suppression in this country, having people online in Milwaukee waiting on a line for three, four, five hours. And Milwaukee is a place where the death rate is something like 81% in Milwaukee County amongst African-Americans who make up around 32% of that county. And yet the rates of death from COVID-19 are 
I really have a lot of trouble getting my arms around what on earth Magic Johnson was talking about last night. I really don't understand what he was talking about. Education and, oh, well, the... Hopefully the prices come down and what are you talking about? The prices aren't coming down, Magic. The healthcare prices for these things aren't coming down. You've got Donald Trump trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. Where have you been, sir? Magic Johnson has been, I guess, have you been watching the news of the past few weeks and months? Right now as... I speak, there are lawyers for Trump who are trying in Texas courts to eliminate the entirety of President Obama's Affordable Care Act. Hopefully the prices come. So it tells me that Magic Johnson is not particularly educated on this issue. Bernie Sanders just dropped out of the presidential race. And Bernie Sanders has been talking about this for the last goodness knows how many years, not just the last four or five. He's been talking about this for 20, 30 years. Medicare for all. I mean, there are many black people and white people for that matter who can't even afford the health care they've got now. They can't. There are poor white people who can't afford that care. There are many poor black people who can't afford that care. Hopefully the prices go down and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And that's what really burns me. It really does. It really does get me so ticked off. CNN themselves, literally a couple of days ago, three days ago, made it clear they showed numbers and very few states and cities are releasing numbers. And we need to see this in every state and every city. Release the numbers by race, please, by ethnicity. If you can tell us that more men die from coronavirus than women do, then why can't you tell us that, I mean, obviously, why can't you tell us on a whole wide scale about the racial demographic breakdowns? Obviously, there are places that are beginning to do that. Chicago, for example. You know, as I've alluded to, in Chicago, where 32% of the population, or 30% of the population is black in Chicago. And this is from the Public Health Commissioner of Chicago. 30% of the population in Chicago is black. 72% of the deaths from coronavirus are from black people, African Americans. 72%. So this virus does discriminate. In Illinois, 15% of the population, same state, obviously Chicago's in Illinois, 15% of the state population is black. 42% of the deaths, black people, African Americans. That's almost three times their population in Louisiana, in the South. 32% of the state's population is 
black, African-American, 70, 70% of the deaths are of, of African-Americans. That is more than twice the population. Michigan, Magic Johnson's state. This, listen to me. This is Magic Johnson's state. He's a Michigan state guy. And why didn't he talk about this? And CNN talked about this three nights ago. And since this program was on yesterday, Thursday, two nights before, Michigan, the population, 14% African-American, the number of deaths in Michigan, 41%. That is almost three times the population. So African-Americans dying in Michigan from this virus at three times their population. In North Carolina, 22% of the population there is African-American. And the rate of death from coronavirus for African-Americans is 31%. So those figures are coming from various places, the Illinois Department of Health, Michigan State, Michigan State. This is where, this is where Magic Johnson went to school. He is a Spartan. And then the North Carolina Department of the uh, HHS. And that was on CNN. And um, that was CNN on Tuesday. And that was Sanjay Gupta doing a, a report that I thought was very good, actually. About four minute report almost on the disparities by race based on structural racism. And what just really gets me is that you had Anderson Cooper and Sanjay Gupta basically prodding Matthew Johnson into just saying what was so obvious. Here's more of the town hall with Magic Johnson on it and listen to Sanjay Gupta, listen to Anderson Cooper and then listen to Magic Johnson and see if you can pick up something here that I picked up right away. You know, there's another, there's another thing too to add into that mix, Magic, which is that uh, a disproportionate number of frontline workers, people in food uh, service, logistics, transportation, whatever it might be, are also um, uh, African-American. They are more at risk. They do that's their right. jobs, they're more at risk. So, so what, and I, I mean, that's not something that's likely to change. And what, what would be your message then to make sure these structural inequalities that Anderson's talking about, uh, you know, don't, don't continue with this particular pandemic? Well, first of all, you know, those jobs are there, especially if you have you haven't gotten a good education. That's really been our problem. And so we have those jobs. Uh, we're hardworking people. We want to take care of our family. But at the same time, we understand that the hospitality sector, the restaurant sector, is driven a lot by minorities and especially African-Americans. And that's why the unemployment number, you think about 17 million Americans are unemployed now. A lot of them are African-Americans because they are in those sectors. But I don't want, 
you know, we, we can't just say it's because they're in their, those sectors. We as African-Americans, we got to do a better job. And then we got to make sure our kids can educate themselves so they can have jobs in other sectors. So we won't be talking about this, hopefully, in the next five years. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just have to stop it there. This is why I was tweeting Magic Johnson last night. This is why I was upset at Magic Johnson last night. Because what he's saying there makes no sense. Our education, we have to get educated better. We got to get jobs. We got to... What? We've got to do a better job. He's not... He doesn't know what he's talking about. He was not the person to bring on to that show. I would have gone with Megan Rapinoe. I would have gone with Colin Kaepernick. I would have gone with Malcolm Jenkins, the former Philadelphia Eagles player who is an activist. I mean, all those other people I mentioned, Rapinoe, Kaepernick, Jenkins, they're all activists. They're all high-profile professional athletes. I mean, why didn't CNN book those guys? Those, 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 lady, those ladies and gentlemen. What? Why didn't CNN do that? And they brought on Magic Johnson, and I guess it was, well, you know, he's the guy who is very popular, he's a professional athlete, he's a leader in his community, he's a businessman, and of course he's the LA Lakers superstar, let's bring him on. And just because you may be a superstar of the LA Lakers, and because you happen to be living a very brave battle against HIV, and educating people, it doesn't necessarily make you the best spokesperson when it comes to dealing with issues of structural inequality and institutionalized racism and oppression. It doesn't make you the best person for that necessarily. And I think someone like Megan Rapinoe would have been much better. Megan Rapinoe is a white woman. And of course you know she's from the United States football team. Women's football team. Of course, I know you call it soccer here, but it's football. And of course, they won the World Cup last year in France, repeating for the second straight time. And Megan Rapinoe has been out front on all kinds of issues. All kinds of issues. She's spoken about the LGBTQ community. She's spoken very strongly about that. She's spoken about Trump. She's spoken about a number of issues, empowering women. You know, she's spoken about visibility of the LGBTQ community. I mean, she's spoken about race. CNN missed a real opportunity here. Should have brought her on. Should have brought on Colin Kaepernick who I thought would, would, be, would have been a much better, much better person to bring on. They should have brought on someone like Dr. Cameron Jones, who I'm going to be talking about in a few moments, who actually Sanjay Gupta interviewed for this three and a half minute report that he did on Tuesday night. Why didn't they bring on Dr. Jones? She would have been great. 
She's a healthcare professional, African-American woman. There's no doubt as a doctor, she would, she would have absolutely, and she lays this out. And I'm going to read a little bit from what she says in a few moments. But she would have been a much better choice. I just have to play this last piece. And this is what I really want to get to as well, because I want to continue it rather. Because Anderson Cooper, of the three people there, along with Sanjay Gupta, but Anderson Cooper in particular, was making it clear that there are these structural inequities and, there, and, and institutionalized racism. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't bluntly saying it, but he was making it pretty clear to anybody who was listening and watching this. But these are the things that have to be dealt with and addressed. Not black people trying to get jobs and not be in a certain sector and they need to get better education. That's not been the problem for us. Historically, it might have been, but we've always educated ourselves, even during slavery, enslavement. We educated ourselves. At pain of death, we educated ourselves while we were being held in bondage. So Magic Johnson totally really made, let me be really blunt, a fool out of himself last night. It was embarrassing. It was really embarrassing. And here's Anderson Cooper basically saying what Magic Johnson or anybody else should have said. Why didn't they bring on Dr. Ibram Kendi? I mean, Dr. Ibram Kendi has been writing about this for years. He's been writing about this in The Atlantic, about racial disparities and institutionalized racism and about the data and why it is there are hardly any statistics on the racial disparities in this virus. Why didn't CNN book him? Dr. Ibram Kendi would have been an excellent guest, as would any of those other people I talked about, I've mentioned. Here's Anderson Cooper, and this will be the last portion of this before I go to break. Listen to this from Anderson Cooper. You know, I, I was talking to some people about this today. You know, one of the things I think this, uh, this pandemic has done is it, it shows inequality that exists in society. It's like an x-ray that, that pre-existing problems in the society, it magnifies them and it brings them more to, 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 to the light. The, these racial disparities, homelessness, things like that. Um, right. But, but it, it also is, it's, it's an extraordinary opportunity to start to see each other differently. You know, the, the idea of who are import, who's important in our society. You know, we think it's celebrities, we think it's, you know, people make a lot of money. But right now, all those celebrities and all those people make a lot of money we're all depending on people who are not making money, who are delivering boxes of goods, who are working in an Amazon fulfillment center, who are driving the bus, who are, you know, who are saving our lives because they're keeping this entire system going. If it wasn't for truck drivers, UPS delivery folks, you know, these are people who they don't get a lot of acknowledgement in regular times and things are now flipped. So they are keeping us alive. Thank you very much, Anderson. Welcome back to The Politocrat. We are in an election year. And I think that the challenge is now for us is to 
Look at this pandemic. Honestly, openly, and tell the truth about it and what it is doing to us. Tell the truth about the fact that it is laying this weak infrastructure bare. Tell the truth and educate people who are indoors, who cannot leave their homes. That this pandemic is revealing ourselves to us and exposing the truth about us. What needs to happen now is a wholesale upheaval of the systemic realities. We need to really eradicate these kinds of systems and we need to do it in several ways. Not only through legislation and advocacy, but also through the way that we treat each other and what we must demand from those in power. We must be organized. We must chart our course. I have believed that for so long. We must become our own leaders. If you lead in a household, if you have a house, if you have a place you can say that is your home, an apartment or your own home, if you are the leader of that home, you are a leader. And what I think you have to do, what we have to do, what we all should be doing is being our own leaders every day. And when it comes to these kinds of issues, especially when it comes to structural inequality, institutionalized racism, and depression and this systemic oppression and racism that afflicts black people that also targets Latinx and targets Native American populations. We have to not only start to speak out about this, but we have to start doing things about this. We need to have a full court press. We need to find Groups. We need to develop our own groups and start leading them and start forming political movements out of them. We need to do that. We need to find a common cause and a common issue. And we need to start building our own organizations politically around these issues of structural racism and inequality. And let's start to advocate. Let's get out there. And let's, if we can, develop chapters. I'm sure we can do it. We can do this. And then start lobbying. Start calling Congress people. Start going to Capitol Hill if you have the ability to, if you have chapters. And let's start a movement. And let's start pushing these politicians. It's very easy to sit on the sidelines, but I think that we need to start shaking things up here and shaking things up in a way that is going to be productive and going to be efficacious. Because we can have somebody who is rich speaking out 
who doesn't live in these neighborhoods that he's talking about, that is not necessarily someone who's looked at as a leader even in those communities. Magic Johnson's done a lot of good things. I am not attacking Magic Johnson's activism or his leadership. But he's much more of a corporate person. He couldn't even bring himself to say racism. I mean, no one mentioned the word white. Nobody. And it's as if you're offending somebody if you do. But all Magic Johnson was doing was saying black, 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 black. Black people need to be more educated. Black people need to go and get jobs in different sectors. Black people need to do this. Black people need to just get better health care. When it is not black people who need to be doing much of anything except trying to keep themselves alive in a system that has for 500 plus years desecrated and being devised to destroy and has been devised to destroy them. We need to build organizations and we need to start getting activated and organized, especially during 2020. This is an election year. We are all sitting in our homes. If we're fortunate enough to have a roof over our head, why don't we start to build together? We've got social media. Let's start organizing groups online and let's start getting out there. This would be the time to do it. 90 plus percent of this country is under a lockdown of some kind. Why don't we do that? Dr. Camera Jones. And by the way, you can read this whole article from Mother Jones by Edwin Rios. And it's entitled... Black people are dying from COVID-19 at higher rates because racism is a pre-existing condition. You have to read this story. It's a good one. And Dr. Jones is interviewed in it. And as I said, she was the focal point of Sanjay Gupta's report the other night. She is an epidemiologist and had been the president of a prominent organization dealing in, in health care. I mean, there's all these things going on in all these states and you've got these hot spots now that the CDC is talking about. Philadelphia, Washington and Baltimore. All places where there are high Black populations. And those are going to be places where you're going to see a lot of black people dying. You had a bus driver in Michigan, I believe it was, last week or the week before, who was driving his bus and there was a woman coughing. I don't know what her race was. But she was coughing and wasn't covering her mouth. She was coughing all over the bus. There was a story out of Finland. There was a Finland 
group, I think doctors or scientists who did a study about how a cough and how this virus travels through a cough and how that cough and the, and the droplets would come out during that dry cough would linger for minutes and minutes. And someone could walk past and walk past where that person was coughing a few minutes or even 10 minutes after they had left that spot and coughed. And those particles were in the air and they could catch COVID-19 from somebody coughing and not covering their mouth. Which is why now people are talking about wearing masks. The CDC has said it. And that's something that I do when I walk out for the few rare times that I leave. Is that I make sure I have a scarf around my face and my mouth and my nose. And below the chin so it covers my neck as well. And wear some kind of head covering as well. And this group in Finland did this study. You know, this is this is the thing. No one's talking about these these uh, detainees and inmates. I mean, it, it just gets mentioned in passing. But the reality is, is that these are the individuals who are going to be on the front lines of this. They are going to be getting this in record numbers. And again, in Washington, D.C. and in Baltimore and in Philadelphia, you're going to see the rates of death among black people skyrocket. And these numbers are already being underreported because there's testing that simply has not been done. We've had barely a million people, if that, tested in this entire country. And you've got Trump going on about, oh, well, you know, we don't need to test very many people. We don't need to test people who are very sick. And Dr. Kamara Jones has, has talked about this. Here's the thing. I'm going to just read some of this here now. What the COVID-19 pandemic is unveiling is the structural racism, which is why we see people of color and poor people more profoundly impacted. This virus is an equal opportunity virus, but this disease is not an equal opportunity disease. And it's manifesting itself more severely in people of color who've been historically oppressed and disinvested. So the way that you need to talk about racism in this time is to explain, to make it clear to everybody looking at this, that it's not some kind of inherent weakness of African-Americans that's making them die more frequently of the disease than other people in Milwaukee, in Detroit. That is an impact of racism. So what we need to do is uninvisibilize structural racism and say this structural racism and the historical federal partitioning of our cities into racially segregated neighborhoods, the disproportionate placement of toxic dump sites, that stuff which is giving us more asthma, more lung disease, or the HIV epidemic. These are the old aspects of racism showing up during this pandemic. We have already seen some of those in terms of the stigmatization of Asian people. But as anti-racist activists, this is the time for us to say, that what has been previously been invisible to many is now manifest. It's not a result of poor people being weaker than, having bad habits, being stupid or lazy or anything. This is racism showing up. 
We need to name what we are starting to show in our statistics. We need to label the racism that is. And here's something that she says in this Mother Jones story, and you really should read this again. This is uh, Dr. Cameron Jones speaking in the publication Mother Jones, and the article is by Edwin Rios, last name R-I-O-S. The title of the article, and I guess this was written in the last day or two, doesn't have a particular date on it, but it said it was updated 17 hours ago, at least as I record this. And the headline, Black people are dying from COVID-19 at higher rates because racism is a pre-existing condition. Here's what Dr. Jones also says. And she's talking about dealing with how public health officials talk about this. The Surgeon General, by the way, Jerome Adams, did talk about this this week. About the fact that he has pre-existing conditions of asthma I think he said he has diabetes and high blood pressure. So he has to be careful. This is affecting people all across the spectrum. But as is often said, when white people in America catch a cold, black people in America get pneumonia. And I'm going to just read this from Dr. Kamara Jones, talking about how public health officials go about talking about these issues. And she says that public health officials must do this by talking about the racial ethnic health disparities that many people in this country aren't even aware of. Many are not aware that black people are more likely to have heart disease and kidney disease and be obese and have diabetes. So to talk about the so-called pre-existing conditions that are putting people at higher risk, that these things are because of the conditions of our lives. It just so happens that people of color have more of these diseases and that they are having worse outcomes. But there's nothing biological about race. Race is the social interpretation of how we look in a race-conscious society. And racism is the system that operates on that so-called race to structure opportunity and to assign value. That's from Dr. Kamara Jones, an epidemiologist, someone who is a healthcare leader. And I think that she really does hit the nail on the head and I urge you to read that story from Mother Jones at motherjones.com. You can search for it. And the title, once again, Black People Are Dying from COVID-19 at Higher Rates Because Racism is a Pre-Existing Condition. I really do want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.